Faith Builders Church, I am so happy to be with you coming into your church in your home today. And I want to wish all of you a happy Palm Sunday. I just pray the Lord is touching you and blessing you and you feel the presence of God already in your home. I'm going to be doing part two on our series that we started last week on We Are the Church. And my topic is called Reaching People for Jesus. You know, that's the greatest commission that God called us as his kids is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want to empower us in this season that we are in our homes and we're not able to come in the four walls to be the church and to have a heart for the lost and the hurting and the broken. You know, if you look into scripture, you will always find Jesus in a place that religious people didn't like him to be. Jesus was constantly hanging around prostitutes. He was hanging around the broken people, the lonely or the outcast. Why do you think that was? Well, I'm going to take us through scripture this morning and encourage us and provoke us to be like Jesus, to be that light into a dark world. Amen. So I'm going to be sharing with you out of Mark chapter 2 today. We're going to start at the bottom of that, and we're going to work our way back up to the top. But in the context of this story where I'm about to read to you, Jesus had just healed a man, and there was another man close by, and his name was Matthew, and he was a tax collector, and he was a great sinner, and his name was also Levi. And after Jesus had healed this man, he said, Matthew, I want you to follow me. And Matthew, who was a well-known sinner known for being a cheat, said, I'll follow you, Jesus. But not only did he follow Jesus, but he threw a party at his house. And he invited a lot of questionable characters, people that the Pharisees did not look highly on. And Jesus went in and he ate with them. And the Pharisees were indignant and they were angry. And they said to themselves, why does Jesus eat with this sinner? That's what religious people do. Religious people see imperfect people as unreachable, but Jesus had a heart for the imperfect people. Amen. So let's open up to Mark chapter two, verse 17. And that's where we're going to start today. And we're going to find out what Jesus said, how he was so controversial. Don't you just love Jesus? He said things that were shockingly unbelievable to the Pharisees. And it says this in verse 17. On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Everybody say, but the sick. Jesus went on to say, I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. See, Jesus did not come. Think about the heart that he felt in the moment of this scripture verse. He did not come for the sick or for the healthy. He came for the sick, those that are hurting, those that are broken, those that are living a life empty and without him. And this was very emotional for Jesus. He didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick. And I want you to look at certain people in our worlds that have maybe been struggling and maybe they've been trying to get it right and maybe they've come to church a little bit but they've fallen back again and maybe they've seen a service online but they're still back to their old behavior. And those are the kind of people that the church cannot give up on, amen? Jesus did not come for those who felt were righteous and didn't need a savior. He came for those that are hurting and broken. I know even in our own church, we have such incredible testimonies of people that came in here who were alcoholics, who were drug addicts, and they really wanted 
God in their life and they receive Jesus, but then they'd fall right back to some old patterns. And you know what? What I love about faith builders and how the kingdom of God works is we don't give up on them. And we'd go after those people and we'd love them back to life and they'd find their way back to church and they take a little bit more territory, right? And maybe they've fallen off again, but they're mixing Jesus in with this, this battle of the enemy and the life and their patterns. But Jesus never gives up on those kind of people and neither should we. And these testimonies that we have, these people who were, came in two years ago bound by addictions and life as a merry-go-round now are leading ministries within the church, have found a revelation of who Jesus is and how God has transformed their life. So we don't want to give up on people. I believe it's the ones that seem the hardest, the ones that seem the roughest are the ones that God is saying, you hang on to them, you fight for them. Why? Because they're the kind of people who would change and transform the world, amen? We want to love people back to life. And that's what the church should be about, loving people no matter what. Jesus did not come for those who had it all together. Somebody say amen. You may have that testimony. We didn't have it all together, but Jesus came for the sick and he came for the broken. And I just want to say this morning as you're watching this or whenever you're watching it, maybe that's you today. Maybe you're broken. Maybe you're lonely. Maybe your life seems empty and maybe you wandered into a church, but I'm here to tell you if you will listen to this message with your heart, I believe today you are going to find freedom in Jesus. You're going to find the hope for a savior that God's going to fill the void that may be within your heart today. Amen. I know that in the church, we need to be confronted with our sin. Our, our savior died a, a death and he gave it all away so that we can walk in freedom today. So yes, we need to confront our sin, but we also need to receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Amen. Receive the free gift of Jesus. And then at some moment in their walk with God or in your walk with God, wherever you're at, Jesus is going to become real to you. All of a sudden, you're going to have a revelation of what he did for you. And all of a sudden, you're going to make this commitment to be all in for Jesus. And that's what God has called us to do. Our church is called to reach the lost for Jesus Christ. I want to challenge all of us in this time that we are out of meeting in the local assembly, that we're getting this revelation that you are the church. You are the one that God has called to share the good news of Jesus Christ. You are the one to, to go in and give hope and give life and give love away. That the lost may not wander in the four walls, but the lost is in your world. It's in your circle. We work with them. We shop with them, right? They're in our world. And God wants us to win the lost to Jesus Christ. And what's great about faith builders is we want to win them to Jesus. Then we're going to equip them for the, workings, the working of the saints for the working of the miracles, right? And then they're going to win the loss to Jesus. And then they're going to equip the saints. And that's how we create revival is when we begin that our job is outside the four walls to share the good news of Jesus Christ. I want to put this so deep in your heart. I want you to say this with me. Say, I am the church. Amen. I am the church, not the four walls, not the brick and mortar, but we 
are the hands and feet of Jesus. It's not about going through the religious traditions of we come into church and we sing this song and then we do this offering and then we do this and do that. We can get so caught up in tradition that we're missing the clarion call of the Holy Spirit to a lost and dying world. Listen to the call of the people around you that are hurting and God wants you to be an extension of that love and grace. Amen. Every week in our church, we give everyone an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Every service, every meeting, we try to close out with people to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. Why? Because we are the church. Listen, you're the church in your home. You're the church in your workplace. Right now is the greatest time to to Take the harvest that God has called us to win. Be the workers, be the laborers in the field, and listen with with a discernment for the cries of those who are hurting. Amen. I'm going to look at Mark chapter 2. We're going to go up to verse 1 and 5. And this is a story of four guys that uh, helped their friend in a very significant way. And it says this in those scriptures. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Jesus was sharing scriptures. Some men came... Listen to this. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat and the man that was lying on it. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, listen to this. When he saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, Your sins are forgiven. Do you see that even before Jesus met his physical need, he met his spiritual need to be forgiven of his sins? That is the top priority of Jesus, is that people are forgiven of their sins. That needs to be the heart of you individually. That needs to be the heart of our church. That needs to be the heart of the church of God, is what? We need to reach people for Jesus. This needs to be our statement of faith. We will do anything short of sin to reach people for Jesus. We will do anything to reach people who do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. To reach people no one is reaching will do something that no one is doing. That needs to be our heart's cry. What can we do to reach somebody for Jesus that maybe nobody else is doing? Our goal shouldn't be just to get them to church. Our goal should be, God, how can I win my family to Jesus? How can I win my friends to Jesus? What can I do that's different out of religion and tradition? And how can I get out of the box and go out of the way to win my friends to Jesus Christ? How true is this in our life? How far do we go? How big and passionate are we to win the loss to Jesus Christ? I have to balance my heart in this all the time, and I'm a minister of the gospel. We have to be aware. So I want to ask you this morning, where is you from 1 to 10? And I think I even gave a scale last week, but we'll do it again from 1 to 10. Where is your love for people without Christ? Where is our love for people without Christ? Have we gotten so caught up into our religious ways that we've lost our love for people who are dying without a Savior and a hope 
and a peace, amen? Now, on this scale, if you've won somebody to Jesus this year, if you've led somebody to Jesus before, right? Or maybe you've been praying for somebody to come to Christ this, this maybe even these last few weeks, right? Maybe you've been praying for people every day to be touched by God. If, if this is a part of your daily walk with God, then you're probably a little higher on the scale. You know, maybe you're in that six to seven to eight zone. Now, if you're hitting nine or 10, you're probably more, that's Billy Graham, right? So we want to be honest with our evaluation about where our heart is. But also, church, we have to ask ourselves, if it's been months since I've even cared that anybody came to Jesus, Right? If it's been months or weeks even that I prayed for someone that they would have an encounter with God, if it's been months that I haven't picked up the phone and I've shared Jesus with somebody and my friends or my families or shared my testimony, then we have to ask ourselves, is my passion for the lost really low? And what happens is when we find ourselves on the low scale, we be, it identifies that we're apathetic. And I know that sounds really hard, but I believe it's the time for the church to awaken, amen? It's a time for the church to arise, that the season of the church is not about us, me, and myself, and my little world. The church is about the lost and the dying to give hope and life away. We need to awaken and arise from our apathetic, comfortable states in this season and say, I need to have a hunger for the lost and the hopeless, amen? Listen to this. Let's not just say what we believe in this season. Let's not just say what I believe, but let's look at what our actions believe. It's easy to say that I love the lost. It's easy to say that I love Jesus and his church, but what do our actions say that we're doing? What are we doing in our life that says, I really care about someone today? Even in this time of isolation, have we picked up the phone and have we called someone that maybe the Holy Spirit prompted in our hearts and said, hey, you were on my heart and my mind. I'm just thinking of you. Can I pray for you? What do you need? Because that's what God is looking for. Amen. Listen, this is so passionate in my heart. We don't just want to bring people to Jesus. Wanting to bring people to Jesus is not enough. Listen, we have to bring people to Jesus. Why? Because without Jesus, people are not going to spend eternity in heaven. Without Jesus, there's not a hope for the anchor of their soul. We don't just want to bring people to Jesus. We have to bring people to Jesus. Amen. Let me give you two quick thoughts this morning to hopefully provoke you and show you how to do this today. How do we reach people with the love of Christ? How do we do that? Number one, I believe as believers that we have to learn to do is bear some burdens. We got to be willing to be in it for the long haul of the people that God has called in our life. There are some people who are maybe difficult to surrender all. There may be some people who are making mistakes and maybe you want to throw in the towel and, and figure you don't want, you're just done and, and they've extended all the grace you can extend. But as believers, as Christians, we have to be in it for the long haul. Amen. Don't give up on people when they have a need in their life. We got to be willing to do whatever it takes to lead them to Jesus. And if you look at a portion of the scripture in Mark chapter 2 verse 3, it said this, and some men came, right, bringing to Jesus a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Listen to that, carried by four of them. They didn't say to the paralyzed man, did you hear about Jesus coming to town? Hey, he's going to be down in the corner. Hope you can make it. 
right? They didn't send them a Facebook invite like, oh, I hope they get this invite and maybe they'll come to Jesus. We can get so caught up on, well, we do this and this and it makes us feel good that we're leading them to Christ. But if you look at these four men, they carried the burdens. They went and showed up where this man was paralyzed. They picked him up and said, we don't know if Jesus is five miles down the road, but we're going to carry this man. We're going to do what it takes that he can get in the presence of the Savior for the one that can not only heal his body, but save his soul. Amen. We've got to be willing to do what it takes to lead people to Jesus, no matter if they persecute us, no matter if it's speaking into their life for 10 years, we're going to do what it takes. Amen. I believe the biggest weakness to Christians sharing our faith today is something that I call drive-by witnessing. It's so easy for us to get on social media and post a Christian post, right? Post a little scripture verse, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, and we should, but that's not sharing your Christian faith. That's not carrying the burden of the lost. It's not enough to write under there praying for you, prayer hands. Well, in reality, are we really praying for them? That's drive-by Christianity. It's time to get our hands dirty, church, amen? It's time to give up our time and really get on the level of where people are because drive-by Christianity doesn't work. It's not changing the world for Jesus. We're going to have to get in their lives and let them know we care. The world is skeptical, right? And all they need to know is that you care and not that you're trying to convert them. This is not about conversion faith. This is about I care about you and I love you and I'm going to be a part of every part of your life so that I can show you how much you care. When I was a youth pastor, the greatest principle was, and you've probably heard it in leadership circles everywhere, but they don't care, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So you may think, well, I don't really know how to share my faith, and I don't know all the scriptures. They don't care how much you know. All they want to know is how much do you care, amen? We've got to be willing to go the extra mile. In, in our church circles, unfortunately, we live in these little bitty bubbles. We've got these Christianity bubbles, and, and we're texting about Jesus, and we're posting about Jesus, and, and we're talking about how great our church is, and you're even sharing watch parties today, which is awesome. But be careful that we're not in this bubble that the world is behind you, and you're sharing Jesus, sharing Jesus, and the world's outside the bubble going, what are you doing in there? What are you doing for me? We can get so comfortable in this little bubble that we don't realize that the world is still on the outside looking in, wondering, what are you doing? You may be posting all these things, but how effective are we really being? Amen. It's time to carry the burdens of people in our life and go the long haul. When they're hurting, you're going to listen. Amen. When someone dies in their family, you're going to show up at the funeral. You're going to have flowers and cards and hands. When they're having a baby, you're going to go to the shower. You're going to be involved in their life. When they're sick, you're going to show up with a meal. Why? Because I'm showing the love of Christ. I'm showing that I care about you. Listen, we have to show them his love before we tell them. We have to show them. I'm going to... 
I'm going to take away time from my family and show up at your house and love you back to life and pray with you and counsel you. Even if they don't receive Jesus, I'm going to show them my love for God before I tell them about it. Why? Because showing them will lead them to the cross. They carried this man. They carried him to Jesus. If they didn't carry his burdens, if they didn't carry that paralyzed man, he'd have never met Jesus. He'd have never been healed and he'd never been forgiven of his sins. We have to be willing to go the extra mile. Amen. Put someone else's well-being in front of your own in this season. Be willing to carry the burdens. Number two, as I come into my closing circle today, number two, be willing to break some rules. Some of us like that rule, amen? I was a rule breaker. I'm still kind of a rule breaker. I try to be better because I'm a pastor and all, and I should be, but, you know, there's some of these people like to get out of the boxes, and what I want you to be encouraged and, and realize today is we need to remove the obstacles of religion right? Break some rules. What is it going to take to win this this person to Jesus Christ? I'm going to do whatever it takes short of sinning, amen? If I have to bribe them, I'm going to bribe them. If I have to say, I'll do this for you, if you come to church with me or come to my home and let me share Jesus, whatever it is, let's do what it takes, amen? Break the rules. And in this story, you see four men that went over and above because when they showed up at the house where Jesus was, it was packed and there was nowhere for them to go. Sometimes there's obstacles. Sometimes there's reasons why we don't want to go the extra mile. Well, they didn't call me back or whatever the reason is. We have to be willing to break the rules and do what it takes. And so in this part of the story, it says in Mark 2 verse 4, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. And then they lowered the mat that the man was laying on. Now, as I read this story, I decided I was going to do a little research about this house because I wondered, how do they get up on the roof, first of all? And what did that look like? And so I did a research in one of the commentaries about the houses back then. And apparently they had the roof and they had posts that were three feet, three feet apart that was holding up the house. And the beams were made of this. They were made of mud. They were made of thatch and also manure. And all of these three things held everything together. And as that manure was placed in this product, well, what happened was grass would grow on the roof of the houses. And so people would go up to the roof, and that's where they'd take their nap, and they would hang out, which you see in Scripture many times. But here comes these four guys, right? And they decide to go up to the roof, and what did they begin doing? They have to dig through. Now, what was the roof made partly of? Manure. So they had to be willing to dig through some people's, I'm not going to say the word, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> we got to be willing to dig through some people's garbage. I'll just say the nice word, right? People have garbage. They have manure. They have things that they're dealing with. Who cares if they're angry? Who cares if they keep falling? Be willing to dig. Why? Because my goal as the believer is to get that hurting unbeliever down to Jesus, doing whatever it takes. Amen? Sometimes you got to be willing to dig through the garbage to drop people off to Jesus. 
Listen, let's remove the barriers. Let's remove the obstacles, the reasons why we're not really bringing people to Jesus Christ. I've learned that the people with the greatest anger against God, the atheists, those that fight the most, are the ones with the greatest call of God. And they need somebody to care for them, somebody to love them, somebody to be consistent. I know when my dad gave his life to Jesus, so awesome. He got saved. He used to have parties in his house at the, at, in the basement. And it was always BYOB, bring your own bottle. Everybody partied over at the Pruitts. But my dad got born again. He encountered Jesus. He had a man at his job that carried my dad's burdens, that carried the time when my dad threw Bibles across the way, that told him off, that kicked him out of his life, right? But that man stayed consistent and carried the burdens. Finally, my dad surrendered his heart to Jesus on that Friday. And guess what? On Friday night, he sent out a memo, BYOB, but it was bring your own Bible. But he didn't tell him that. He let him show up like there was a party. Why? Because I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to break some rules, right? I'm going to break the rules so that I can win one person. And now my dad, who now has planted churches, got his children serving God, grandchildren serving the Lord, you know, great-grandchildren coming up to Jesus, because one man said, I'm going to break the rules to win somebody to Jesus Christ, because why? People matter. People matter. The church 100 years ago used to be carry the epicenter of creativity. The church years ago led the way in influencing the culture. And it is so sad that now the culture of the world is influencing the church. The church needs to go back to influencing the culture. Let's think outside of the box. How can we win our city to Jesus? Amen. Let's do something we've never done. We are the church. It's unfortunately we've surrendered authentic relationships to Facebook. We think as we're on Facebook and we're chit-chatting, that's authentic relationship. It's not. God has called us to stop going to church and let's be the church. Amen. Let's be the church of Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm going to close with this this morning. I want to see a church, as I know hundreds of pastors everywhere, full of people who don't judge those without Christ, but let's love them with the grace of Jesus. Jesus didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick and the hurting, amen, and the sinners. Let's do something for Jesus in this season. Let's be the church that forgives and hangs on and fights the good fight of faith for people. I'm going to close with this. Remember, we don't just want to bring people to Jesus. We have to bring people to Jesus. Let's rescue them from the claws of the enemy and the gates of hell, and let's introduce them to heaven and eternity and hope. Amen. I want to close in prayer with you this morning. Father, I thank you for these families. I thank you for the single people, God. I thank you for everyone that is watching. Lord, let your love and your grace and mercy flow. Let your hope just resonate within their hearts. Father, as the church, we come together in agreement. We come together as the army of Christ and we rise up as the laborers in the field. It is the time for the church. It is the time for great revival. It is a time for a great move of the Holy Spirit for the church 
to be the church of Jesus Christ. And I ask, Lord, that you stir us all up, a hunger for the lost, a passion for the lost. In the name of Jesus, let an evangelistic spirit hit the body of Jesus Christ like never before. And we love you so much in Jesus' name. And with that said, I want to give anyone the opportunity to receive Jesus as your Savior. After hearing this message, I know your heart is provoked. So just repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I'm asking you, forgive me of all of my sins. I am in need of a Savior. I'm in need of grace and forgiveness. And I receive that free gift in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Listen, take a little minute to write in that memo, get connected, receive Jesus, let someone know, go to our website. We want to disciple you. We want to mentor you. We want to equip you for the work of the ministry of Jesus Christ. You can't do it alone. We need each other. Amen. I love you all so much, and we'll see you next week on Easter Sunday.